All right, here we go on a Wednesday. It is Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Drew Nixon with you. Hanging out for the next four hours. Hope everybody's having a good start to their Wednesday. We'll get to what the offseason has in store for the Chiefs with a couple players. We'll play a little stay or go coming up in about 30 minutes or so. It's not just Jones and Sneed. There are multiple players that they're going to have to make some tough decisions on about their future. And it'll be weird. Like it's going to be more so than we've had in, I think the last off season or two, there'll be what I would consider to be some fan favorites too mixed in that, uh, that might be wearing a different uniform next year. It's going to be weird. It's going to feel weird probably for them as well. Well, especially because now some of these guys are two or three times Super Bowl champions. Like, I know you don't think about like Mike Dana is being the face of the franchise. That man's won multiple Super Bowls with this team. Yeah, Willie Gay, obviously, I think became yeah. more of a fan favorite towards the final Clyde year or so. Edwards Alaire has won a bunch of Super Bowls with this team. It's so weird to think about now. But, I mean, it's just anybody who's been with this team for a couple of years is at least a two-time Super Bowl champion. That's true. No, it's very true. And it's also another beautiful day in KC. I saw Drew. We talked him into it, I think, yesterday when we were discussing at some point, like, hey, man, you got to hit the links at some point in Kansas City. You haven't done it. You're the big golf guy. So he is in full-on golf attire today. Yeah, I the mean, golf pants, the polo. I, I'm assuming the clubs are in your trunk already. They are. Yeah, uh, are you going to play after the show? I am going to go See? and play after the show. <laughs> I'm going to bullied him into it. I mean, he might as well. He's the golf guy. and this. I mean, this is the week. It's February, and we're getting this kind of this kind of weather, I think you got to take advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, it was super Do you already warm. have the round booked? Yes. Tea time set? Tea nine time or set? 18? Only nine holes. Oh, okay. J- just doing it. into it. Get his well, feet wet. You know? Well, I, I could also change my mind in the time that I get there and say, hey, can I, you know, make it 18? I, I do walk too, so it saves a well, little bit of money. A cart? He says he no. always walks. He told us that once. I've I mean, got, if you can do it still, why not? Yeah, I got one of those just, push ooh, carts. It takes and, forever. Screw that. What do they charge for a cart where you're going? You um, know? It was seven fifty for a cart fee. That's it, dude. Just take the cart. Pay it. I mean, just take. No, the cart. it's the exercise. Okay, <laughs> you can walk any it's other time. The I mean, if you're only playing nine, I guess no cart yeah, makes sense. Eighteen, I think you just go cart. You say, especially for seven bucks. Well, I also like to drink, and I want the cooler. And, you know. But he's just going by himself, right? You're just going by yourself. Yep. So it's a little bit. I'm he, sure I'll get paired up with somebody, but I mean, it's. It, I have no problem with that. Pretty rare to just like them let you go out on the course solo. It, yeah. it, it, that is one of the most interesting interactions when you're when you are are paired up with a complete stranger. Like, hey, how's it going? And then I, you're just in your zone after that. You know, you're doing your own thing. It's very interesting. Anyways, yeah, you guys convinced me. Well, good. It's, I'm glad. Plus, I'm, plus, I drove by the golf course yesterday that I'm going to play at, and it was packed and it was warm outside. Drove with the windows down I a little drive bit yesterday. Past it every day. I mean, and I still don't go, but I drive past it every day. Like, hi, golf course. Nice to see you. Okay. Well, let us know how that goes. We'll, we'll, we'll check hey, in yeah, tomorrow sure, to see how that overall, uh, how are things going in the Bay area? How are they holding up? Cody, you, you checked in a little bit because there's been a narrative coming it, out of the, the 40 winers territory. Yeah. Look for starters, this is actually Warren Sharp's fault. Not because he was trying to incite anything. He was simply pointing out a statistical fact. That statistical fact was then misconstrued by every single fan base, including the 40 whiners, as you had said, and every other fan base that hates the Chiefs isn't, well, I guess Mahomes isn't as good as we all think. Patrick Mahomes this year averaged the lowest yards per attempt 
on touchdown passes out of any quarterback in the entire league. In addition to that, his average air yards per touchdown in his career have been steadily going down every single year. 17.3 air yards per touchdown in 19, 13 air yards in 2020, 8.5 in 2021, 4.5 in 2022, all the way down to dead last place, 3.9 in 2023. What's funny about this is they're taking this as the leverage or uh, ammunition to be like, told you the guy's not as good as our guy Burrow or Allen or Lamar Jackson. I'm like, you idiots. This is a great compliment you are bestowing upon him. All you ever ask great quarterbacks to do is win under the circumstances of which they are given. That man doesn't have a deep threat. He was thrown to people with feet for hands for 90% of the season. So what did Patrick Mahomes do? He became system quarterback for one year, maybe two. He became system man. Every pass is inside of 10 yards. Everything's conservative, safe, quick, long drive. Take your time. And he did that two years in a row and won a Super Bowl in both the years. Oh, and by the way, in 2019, when he was throwing 20 yards, a touchdown pass, he won the Super Bowl that year too. This is a compliment, not an insult. They think they're going to get him just because Lamar Jackson threw some deeper touchdown passes. Well, there's a couple of things with the numbers because, one, it's pretty obvious. He has shown that he can adapt as good as any quarterback in the league, period. And that's what, to me, this that's what my first reaction is when I saw the stats. I'm like, wow, so he, he's shown he can win in different ways. He can adapt as a quarterback. I don't think that suddenly he's never going to be able to get uh, – the, the the big deep play passes back in his his repertoire like no whether they you know ideally they fix the wide receiver room this offseason and they get him some more weapons and suddenly next year we're talking about the deep passes being there more consistently but he has shown he can win just about in any way possible that's a credit to him and Andy Reid by the way for adapting this offense and, and fitting as we discussed all this past season it took them a while to recognize who they were this year what would allow them to win a championship this particular season, not the same way they were trying to play in years yeah. prior. And that's what he did. And so it's the, the numbers are like, when you watch Mahomes, I never watched games this year. I'm like, man, you know what? What happened to the days where Mahomes just knew how to throw the deep ball? Like who, who was, who was actually saying that? Like we all liked the big play, but nobody was saying, Bowl, man, I don't care. Mahomes just, you know, he just can't throw the deep ball anymore. Like what? It's also just ignoring, like, because some people were turning into this, like, well, I thought he had arm talent. Like, I'm sorry, did you not see the throw to McCole Hardman in the Super Bowl across his body, traveling 60 yards in the air? Or, or are we ignoring what we watched in 2019 and 2020 when they were some of the most high-flying offense in the NFL? There's no Tyreek Hill. Exactly. Man's got to throw the ball closer to the line of scrimmage. It's not a mystery for why he's throwing the ball shorter. It's also weird to try to be like, got him, when he's in the middle of three Super Bowl titles in five years. Got him to what? You thought he was this all along, and now it's just being exposed? Purdy guys, too. I mean, oh, big big Purdy because, you know, he averaged nine yards in attempt this year. He did. Double that just I, in an attempt, not even touchdown passes, where he averaged like 15 yards. But this is also what we, and I say just we in generally, like speaking, we do sports media or sports fan with the greats in sports history. Well, LeBron, MJ, Mahomes, Brady, whoever, that – you will try to find, for whatever reason, stats that question any ounce, like any ounce of what they've accomplished, and it gets tougher and tougher because the great ones continue to overcome obstacles. We know Mahomes has done that with what this group was this year, a frustrating season. 
overall until the end. And the numbers there, as you said with Tyreek Hill, I, I think that's the key part. Take away one of the best deep threats in NFL history. And of course, the deep threat numbers, the deep passing game numbers are going to go down. If they are able to in the next year, hopefully it's this offseason, find a way to to get Patrick Mahomes one or two legit weapons that now teams are going to have to actually be concerned about downfield or just guys that can get open that consistently can catch the ball down the field, then that changes everything again. I, I do expect whether it's this year or next year, that's going to come back to this offense. I actually think it'll be next year where suddenly we're going to be like, ah, it is great to see it again. And we know that they can win in even more ways. I would argue Patrick Mahomes is more dangerous going forward in his career than what he's already been. And what I mean by that is now I know he can truly win in so many different ways. Before it was like, man, just big play offense, big play offense. He has had to be a little bit more of, as you said, like a little more game manager, system quarterback at times. And then in the future, when he's got the deep threats back, and let's say it's just one particular game where the, the deep ball is not there. I now know he can alter that and shift to being a different type of quarterback. You and I both know that eventually what occurs is that the teams go back to, like they flip back to the old method because this method isn't working. Okay, for two consecutive years, not just because they didn't have Tyreek Hill, but he fundamentally changed the way the teams were playing defense because he had no choice but to do so because teams were playing 30 yards off wide receivers and way deep so that there was no choice. He adjusted because as it is now, because he's beating them that way, some teams will try to scoot in closer again. They'll come back in because they'll be like, well, you know what? They don't have a deep threat wide receiver right now. We're going to test that theory and we're going to get up close to the line of scrimmage and see what happens when we take away their short passing game. And my assumption is just like yours, the deep passes will work just fine. He's already proven to me. He can win anyway. This was the best possible news. I'd be more worried about Mahomes if they'd only won their championships in years in which they were high-flying offenses that scored quickly, scored in big plays, and that was the way they went about their business. Mahomes can win in any way. doesn't really particularly matter which way you throw it. And all you need to do is have it shift a little bit more in that direction if the defense in the next year or so were to take a slight step back. Like if they go from being the best defense in football to just a top 10 defense, be better on offense, but sure. offensively, if they improve from being 13th to suddenly back to being six or something, well, then it balances out and they're, they're golden again. I mean, we, we just saw them win a championship in a year where this stat is relevant to a lot of people yeah. that are out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all of it is is pretty laughable. Not to mention the text line's correct. Don't forget, thirty one forty drops, whatever it was this particular season. They That'll, also ranked like tenth worst in turnover differential. They could be better on offense simply by just I don't know eliminating mistakes, not being one of the worst teams in turnovers gold, and not being one of the worst teams in drops. And then they're already better on offense, right? And I don't honestly, I never knew why anyone cared. Why, why do you care how deep his passing touchdowns are? Do you realize, just just if you're new to the NFL and this is the first time you're hearing this conversation and you were defending this stat yesterday as evidence to break down Patrick Mahomes, yeah. you are aware, right, in the NFL that in order to be inside of 3.9 yards to throw a passing touchdown, that you have to have gotten the other 95 yards down the field in order to be five yards away from the end zone? I'm just going to give you a quick tip. You have to have traveled the rest of that distance in order to have thrown that pass. He didn't just like blink and wake up at the five yard line. He had to drive down there. It's ignoring all the context of what it takes for Mahomes to get there. This is a great compliment. This stat is a tribute to what they accomplished this season. 
I in no way look at it as a negative or that the offense is heading in the wrong direction from an overall perspective. Yeah, they weren't as good on offense, and they still managed to turn it into what they turned it into. Yeah, and they'll, and they'll shift from that. I, I, would bet, I bet you if we revisit that same uh, stat in a year from now or even four years from now, I bet you we're going to see it, it go from where it was at the top down to where it was this year, and it's going to go back up. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't matter. They just won a championship. Like we recognize they were a flawed team at times, but they still overcame it. And I'm guessing next year there will still be some point in time in October, November, where we're going to pinpoint something offensively or defensively and say, man, is this the thing that's going to keep him from winning a championship? I know that conversation will happen again, and I'll probably have to laugh at first for a little bit because uh, we all know if there was ever a year where we thought something could prevent them from winning a championship, this would have been that year, and it didn't matter. It just didn't matter because when it mattered most, they got the best performance out of multiple areas of this football team. I was looking at the news uh, that Eric Hosmer is retiring. The text line I mentioned it too. Eric Hosmer officially yeah, Hos. retiring. He's going to do a media company venture. It's going to be in our neck of the woods moon, now. Moonball, I believe, yeah. is it's going to be called. on the other yeah. side. Somebody was pointing out that his whatever his retirement ceremony will absolutely be a sellout. If you remember what Keynes was like, true. Yeah, some of the retirement stuff for the the Royals who were endeared by this town and revered by its fans, they'll be absolutely big. We were focused on a completely different thing this morning. The three of us were all looking at dates because, as you remember, <laughs> when we bet on the Chiefs-Jets game for our watch party, we were looking at the potential of we made a bet with Vinny Pasquantino that we were going to owe him Chiefs playoff tickets if the Jets were to win. And if they didn't, and the Chiefs won instead, which, of course, they did, that he was going to owe us crown club seats. And remember, Zach, remember Aaron Rodgers didn't play in that game. No, no, that's a bet, though. He had Zach Wilson as his quarterback that he had to bet on, unfortunately. So well, I'm open to some suggestions here because this felt like a good thing to open up to the text line, 913-586-7610. Do you do a Saturday day because you know that it's all you can eat, all you can drink, and you want to take Ooh. full weekend advantage? Uh-huh. Do you try to choose a game that is like mid-afternoon? Is that better than evening? Like what time of year? We're a little worried that if we choose an April date, what if it's too cold? You don't want to be out there in July. And just sweating the entire time, even though we could go inside. Like, what's the perfect window of time that we ask Vinny for these seats? Is really what we got to figure out. I still think fairly early in the year. I don't. I don't think you want to wait till July or August. You don't want them to be like the possibility of like the team struggling too, right? Well, that and hundred degrees outside. I, so I think you you just go earlier in the year. I know there's a chance May? it's going to be hoodie weather and all that, but I I think you go earlier in the season. Okay. When there's more excitement at that point in time. I think you go early. And then, look, later in the year, you'll end up wanting to go if they're competitive to begin with. But I, I think you do. You, you find out what days work. We don't, we don't even know. I don't know how the availability is for that. Vinny has to request. Is this coming out of his pocket? Presumably. Okay. I mean, look, I, same thing applies as, like, I think applied to the Dom. If Vinny can just get John Sherman to cough up his seats for a game, I don't care. Vinny is welcome to try to ask John. My guess is he can is, have his crown seats for one game to pay off some radio bet with a couple of idiots. That's fine. I normally, I know if he normal, wants to pay for them. That's also they fine. normally get access to a couple tickets every game, but I don't think they're the crown club tickets. I think there's a little surcharge and upcharge here for Vinny to get us Probably, the, uh, yes. the crown club tickets. So um, obviously he can handle it, but I, I appreciate him making the bet with us. So yeah, we'll have to cash that bet in here at some point. Just looking at dates. That's all. Cody wants the nineties retro windbreaker. I think it looks cool. Drew does too. It was really nice. That's a good looking windbreaker. When, when is that one? Uh, that's a day. That's wanna, a weekday. I want to say it was the Wednesday, okay. June nineteenth. It's like a Wednesday or June sixteenth against the uh, Yankees. I think is. I'm with you. That probably needs to be a weekend though. 
That's a perfect boat jacket. You know, like where like Ooh. if you're going to be on the boat Go on the lake and you're not sure if it's going to be like ah, a little brisk, but I still want to get out on the boat. That's the jacket, man. It is a pretty sick jacket. It's a good one for it. I also think the Pasquatch bobblehead day would be pretty appropriate. That one was based on the fact that it'd be Vinny who's giving us the tickets. 913-586-7610. The text line brings up a terrific point. I'm glad you guys reminded me of this. Uh, There's video evidence of it as well. Someone's like, why are we asking whether or not Vinny would ask John Sherman for his seats for us? Uh, Cody just Uh, sat in John Sherman's seats already when he had Crown Club tickets a year or so ago. And the video, I think it's probably still on X or Twitter. Uh, It's it's great because it looks like the entire game, Cody is holding like a a lecture. (laughs) He's he's aggressively talking to the person next to him about something with his hands all over the place. And everybody's giving you a hard time for that during the game. I was just Um, enjoying my my one time in crowd uh, seats. Yeah. Uh Now, too, after this year. And Uh yes, I did take John Sherman's seats without asking. Someone did say... Hey, are you uh are you part of are you with John Sherman's group? I was like, ooh, no. He's like, well, these are his seats. So I was like, you know what? That's on me. I will move appropriately over. I was off by one section. Confusing down there in the, you know, the They have ushers area. there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Should have paid attention. Uh-huh. They just assume you know what you're doing once you're down there, man. You're down in that you're down in that crown club area. You're sitting in there eating like the seafood, but they just assume they you know what you're doing. That you've been here before. They were wrong. And I went to the wrong oh, section. That is uh, eventually. It's fine. That is one of that is one of the only places I have never sat at at Kauffman Stadium. So I got to sit there man. before. I got to sit there before uh, Kauffman is no more. Right? We all know the stadium vote happening on April second. We'll see what the result of the three eight cent sales tax extension is. Early voting is already underway. And yesterday when we were driving home, caught a little bit of of Carrington's show. And he in the past had had some individuals from the Casey Tenant group on his show. I believe he reached out to them, but they, they so chose next at week? this point not to do media interviews. Maybe next week. I have no idea why uh, the, the, the timing of that is next week instead of this week. But there was also a political committee that's formed uh, to fight the stadium sales tax extension called, this is a unique name, Cody, the committee against new Royal stadium taxes. Um, no need to get creative with, with names for those. Just, just go right after it. Uh, so that's been formed. Those appear to be the two biggest uh, organizations, groups uh, that are going to have opposition and, and push for a no vote. We've talked so much about uh, the, the Royals' view on this thing, but there are multiple groups in town that obviously don't believe uh, that is the best path forward for the city, that the, the, the sales tax extension is not something that's good for the city as well. I, I, I think some of the concerns that, that have been out there are obvious, right? I mean, you, you and I discussed the site selection. I still think to this, like I will always say this, the East Village always made more sense than the current site that they're going to choose or they have chosen just because you weren't displacing businesses in that area because there really was like one or two. Whereas the Crossroads site, there's a 20 plus property owners, what, 80 plus businesses that are going to be impacted yeah, a lot. by this. That was always my thing with the East Village site compared to the, the KC Star slash Crossroads site. Yeah, I, So that's go- a valid concern. If your concern is that, hey, there's a lot of small businesses that are going to be impacted, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I think that that is their biggest hurdle remaining. Absent just sending out the videos of Patrick Mahomes saying, vote yes right. on April 2nd. And Bobby Wood Jr. saying, vote yes to a new stadium. I'm assuming those ads will start running any time would be my presumption. Probably once we get a month out. Fine. I mean, early voting already exists, as we mentioned yesterday. You could start early voting as of uh, Friday if you were set up to do so in Jackson County. I think the biggest hurdle is going to be how do they work with these businesses in a way that does not ruin all public um, friendliness over it? Look, there's going to be people who hate that these businesses have to move no matter what. 
You can't win them over. You can win over the people that are saying, hey, we understand that part of moving this stadium here and working with the city is that they also wanted you to choose this site, not the East Village site, which is displacing this. This isn't just the Royals saying, we want to displace all these businesses. There were other businesses and other big players at play, unfortunately, that did not want the East Village site, including the companies Correct. that run Power and Light. So in being put into this area, which the Royals are obviously fine with, they're going to have to displace these businesses. That, that to me is the biggest hurdle. How do you do this without looking, without that much egg on your face? There's no way to look like the hero here. There's no way for you to look all that good. You were displacing businesses that at, don't want, presumably, don't want to move. And at minimum, like where they are. at minimum, you have to have, you know, good faith negotiations and, and fair market value offerings for said property owners, which you, you would like to believe that's what, what is going to happen. And I hope that's ultimately what that occurs. Uh, but they don't they don't have all the land acquired yet, and that's that's still ongoing and something they're going to have to accomplish. And you hope that it never gets down the road to where there has to be any sort of imminent domain situation. Uh, hopefully, they're able to come up with fair market uh, sale of said property that the Royals are seeking for their stadium site. And we know the target is a opening day of of twenty twenty eight. You know, they're the the KC tenant group. What's interesting that I, I they put out like a statement. Uh, earlier this week, a, a long statement, and you can find it on social media. And there was one point, I'll just read you this one paragraph. And this part, I like. this is where I, I, I wonder, why, why wouldn't you take this opportunity? And, and you'll, it'll make sense in a second. So there's a, there's a part of their statement that they put out. And it says, John Sherman, the Royals' ownership, have withheld critical information from the public, waiting until a week before early voting to announce their location. They have made no substantial commitments to the community. KC Tenants has been invited to discuss the project. But we have refused to engage in negotiations while details of the deal remain inaccessible to the public. Negotiations without transparency are not negotiations at all. They are a sham. So they're not, they've been invited to, to talk with the team. Now, you can read into it and whether or not they actually would, would be negotiating as much as it is to um, just to meet with them. But when you're trying to come out with these statements, Cody, as an organization and, and voice your opposition to a project, if you're given an opportunity to meet with said party that you're opposing... Take the meeting. You're not taking the meeting, at least? That makes no sense to me. Like, I, I, I'm not questioning their full intentions, but, like, at the same time, Cody, if you are trying to accomplish something... Meeting is better than what, not meeting. How are you not meeting? Just, just sending out statements on social media and, for at least this week, refusing to do interviews and, for whatever reason, deciding to wait a week to do said interviews, but you won't even meet with the party that you are clearly against when they're offering you to meet? That doesn't make any sense to me. No. If you're in opposition of it, and there are plenty of people who are then you have to, like, to me, you have to take it. You have to take any opportunity to garner any information and to take any meeting. And you can sit in there and say, we don't like your plan. We don't like that you're displacing businesses. We don't like you taking public funds for uh, private businesses. All that I understand. I think Carrington made a really good point yesterday on the show, which is the one missing element where if you get hung up on the public-private partnership stuff, and we yeah. can go all the way back on this, um... I've told you before how I would vote if it were up to me based on the public funding of private stadiums. I would vote no yeah. because of that. All of those things from a personal reason. But it's like the one thing to not keep in mind is it is still a valuable asset to the city. It is still means something to have a professional baseball team, whether you want to admit it or not. And for me to live, the reason why I choose to live in this city or would choose to live in other cities in part is because of things that are available to me in those cities. Sports teams, museums, entertainment options. That's part of why you choose a city, choose to live in a city, love being in a city, 
is the things that are available to you inside of it. I think the Royals and the Chiefs fall under that umbrella. I don't want to lose sight of that as it comes to like looking at these stadium projects and the importance of these teams to the city. Yeah, and I know that there's been a lot of studies done on the direct economic impact that it has, and, and some of the numbers have been misleading when they've been when used in other situations in other cities as well. But what you just said there, I think, is, is key. I mean, the 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 situation you and I talked about while we were in Vegas, actually, to so many different people on air and off air about where this city stood at the time and the momentum and the heater with the the new airport, yeah. the World Cup matches, all these, a lot of those things can be contributed to the fact that we have two professional sports teams in this city. A lot of the progress can. I'm not trying to tell you that. Uh, not all of it, pu- but pu- yes, public private, That public-private partnerships um, don't have serious cons to uh, what it means, right? In a perfect world, I, I do believe, of course, that there wouldn't be a public part of it. It would be completely private-funded, privately funded. No, no doubt about that. But I, I think we also recognize when we talk about this city and when we're in other cities and we talk about Kansas City and how do people recognize our city right now, a huge chunk of that is the sports momentum that is happening in this town. Yeah, World Cup, soccer capital and the Chiefs currently. And in 2015 would have been the Royals as well included in that mix. I get it. I mean, I understand. Um, I understand some of the opposition. I really do. But I mean, I you know, when I look at the project as a whole, I understand why it makes sense and why it's good for the city and why it's good for baseball in this city and why I love baseball in this city and want it to continue to grow. Coming up next, we know there's a few Chiefs players. Some tough decisions have to be made on both sides. We'll play a little game of stay or go, plus some changes coming to March Madness around the corner. Just getting started here on a Wednesday. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we'll get to some changes perhaps on the way for the college basketball tournament. I know it's nuts. March is like a week and a half away from now. And then we get the Big 12 tournament, which will be even longer this year with uh, the expanded instead of three. Yeah, Tuesday through Saturday Four. instead of yeah Tuesday through Saturday instead of Wednesday through Saturday uh, with the expanded conference this year and some very, very good teams, most notably the Houston Cougars and one of the top teams in the country. So you have that. And then March Madness is still one of the best weekends. That first weekend, there's nothing quite like it. Can't wait uh, to have that going on again. About a month from now, right? Right about a month. It's the 17th, I think, is the the first weekend, something like that, of March uh, of the NCAA tournament. So we'll get to that in a second. But in the meantime, by then, the league year will have already started in the NFL. And decisions are going to have to be made. Some tough decisions. Let's play a little stay or go with a couple Chiefs players. All right, guys, um, we're going to start off with um, Mr. Naughty. Derek Naughty. Go. Go. Look, I mean, I know they I'm not going to say this to every defensive lineman. <laughs> Some are more exposable than others. Mike Pinnell did the job well in the postseason. I think run stopping defensive lineman. Naughty will find another home because he's still very young. I like Naughty a lot. I like all the stuff he do with animals and stuff. It's a person. Great. They missed him for a little while in the run-stopping game. But they were mediocre even when he was healthy. Um, they were really good in the postseason with Pinnell, especially in the Super Bowl. I'd probably just let him go. This is one of those where you, you can make a case, I think, on either side, just based off what he, he produced for you. He was definitely a run-stuffer. He's not a guy that's going to get sacks. I think he has five sacks in his career. That's just not who he is as a player. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say go. I also think he's someone that, you know, he's not anywhere near the first or second wave yeah. probably a free agency. So he's someone that they could circle back around to if they needed to, depending on Have how another the conversation, yeah. but I'll, I'll go say go as well. 
How about uh, left tackle Donovan Smith? Uh, ha had been out a little bit. Uh, Wanye Morris comes in. Do you stay or go for, for Donovan? I this think is, I'm either. Are you either Wanye yeah. or oh, this draft is go. This guy? is go here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Donovan <laughs> Smith, I, I, I give him credit. He played much better in the postseason. When they signed him last year, one, it was surprising. But even then, we already, it was a one-year stopgap. And he did once again get hurt a little bit. And that was his thing. And he, he didn't play for much of the regular season at a high enough level that you're feeling confident. Um, so you don't take away what he did in the postseason. But yeah, this is a go because it's either one, one more. If you draft someone, no matter what, Donovan Smith was never the long-term answer at left tackle. All right. So he's a go before the draft for me. But if they don't oh. take a left tackle who's going to start for them day one in the draft, then he's a stay. Because... He cost $3 million, and he started left tackle for like 85% of the season. I can't get better value than that. Donovan Smith was not a reason why this cost offense more. was held back. It'll cost more than this year. He's going to be a year older and hurt again. I know, but he did. He played more of the games than he did a year ago. The year before, he was really coming yeah, off all the true. injuries. My guess is he's a little pricier. I think if for the right price, yes, but okay. it would all be draft dependent. My ideal situation, they draft someone to replace him. Right. I, feel like, I feel like this one's pretty obvious. Uh, Drew Tranquil. Stay. Yeah. This stay, is please. Stay, I think, Drew. I think, I'm begging you. I think you got to work something. I know he's going to be more expensive, and it might even have to be on a multi-year deal this go around. But I, I think you learned, especially with another name you're going to mention at some point, I'm sure, that might be the parting. I think his value will be even more increased. Uh, it seems like he loves Kansas City. Played at an extremely high level. What a steal it was. This time you're going to have to pay a little more, but it's still a linebacker position. It's not going to be that crazy of a dollar amount, and I also think there's a willingness on his part to stay here. I'll, I'll say stay. I think they get this one done. Let's slide right to him. Willie Gay. Yeah, I think it's time for him to, for him to go based off of the financial side. I, I think he's become a fan favorite, though, which is weird. Like, based off of how people viewed him initially when he showed up and how it took him a while to get a grasp of the system. I think we've just all assumed before the season started that this was his last year in Kansas City based he off of... He sent a tweet out that said and, that and pretty he, much like in the AFC Championship he did. game. Yeah, right before... Uh, the Dolphins game or after the Dolphins game right or something their final like home game. So yeah, the Dolphins yeah. so game. that might be my uh, final game in Arrowhead. I, I'll say go. I, I would like him back. I just don't think it makes sense with what they have at the linebacker spot. You drafted Chanel for a reason. At some point, you got to cash in on that draft ticket. Uh, you're not going to commit financially to paying Nick Bolton a year or two on top of if you already gave money to Willie Gay and if you're going to keep Drew Tranquil. So I think he's the odd man out there. Let's jump to offense real quick. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Sorry, Cody. If you wanted to make another point, go ahead. No, it's fine. I hadn't, uh, With Gay, I think, yeah, it probably makes sense to let him go, especially with Chanel being better. But he started 57 or played in 57 games for this team over a four-year span. He's not going to be easy, easy to replace. You guys Clyde? Want, yeah, Clyde, you, you, you want him back? Guess his go. Yeah, it's a running back position. I appreciate. I still think he got overly criticized for the last calendar year. I, I think the whole parade not showing up thing got way overblown. I think people would drop um, that a little. I would hope. Um, and to his credit, uh, he was a great teammate by all accounts and worked his ass off. Came up with a couple big plays. Had a huge touchdown catch this season. But it's ties. A running back position, number one. So you're not going to you're not going to uh, need to commit to, to anybody. And at the same time, I think for his sake, it's probably best for him to, to get an opportunity somewhere else and get a fresh start. So, yeah, this is a go that, you know, the, the exception is Pacheco. Other than that, they probably will have a whole new backfield. Like every year, there are a number of really good running backs available in the free agency market. And running backs are just simply not that expensive to sign on to your roster. If you're going to pay a free agent running back, wouldn't you be better off paying Saquon or Eckler or somebody who just fits those roles better Look, I, I, maybe later we'll get to McKinnon, too, another guy who's available. 
this is a draft a guy in the third round and he's your backup running back or sign whatever veteran guy and he's your backup running back. But if you're just signing random veteran backup running back, I don't know, for like one year, would I be upset about Clyde? No, I'd say go, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just got like a one-year thing and stuck around behind Pacheco for a single season. Uh, let's go to the flip side on defense again. Uh, Legereus Sneed, tag candidate. Uh, you want him back? I feel like he has to stay, right? Yeah, he's staying no matter what. Because I think you'd be surprised you, if he did. You can tag him, and he plays on the tag, great, $18.8 million. I still think a long-term deal is in play, but either way, like you're not letting him walk. He's he's with you next year, either on the tag or on a new deal. You're not you're not trading him. You're certainly not letting him walk and test the market. That's why, to me, he's the guy they'll tag. Chris Jones will not get tagged. Chris Jones will hit the open market, and we'll see what happens. I don't see any way he doesn't end up a chief at this point. I think uh, Mina Kimes had made a really good point on social media yesterday. There's reason why. She said that she was doing draft analysis for all 32 teams in the NFL, and that she has 20 of the teams with a primary need as in one of the top three needs for their draft this year is being cornerback. Go back to when they jumped ahead of Trip Mc, jumped ahead of the Bills to get Trent McDuffie, and then they biffed it and took Kair Elam. What a swing in difference of play they got between what the Bills got out of Elam in there. Keep the greatness together, at least for one more year. If you can't get a long-term deal worked out, fine, but there's no reason not to tax need. I think I saw, I think it was a Janetti last week, Said his current estimate for him would be at about 16, 17 million per year. So like four for 64 makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs. Uh, wide receiver will be a position that they obviously address in some way, shape or form. This guy came up big down the stretch. McCole Hardman, I know the room is is going to get sliced up a little bit here, but is he a guy that stays or do you think he ends up leaving? I still I like him go. to stay. Really? See, I, I still say go. Let's not forget that was not someone they had part of their plans after last season. And then they traded for him midseason because of how dire things were in the wide receiver room. If he wants to come back, what's the role look like? Honestly, is he the guy that because they decide to cut Tony, they bring yeah. Hardman back and he he's back Bingo. to being the gadget guy? Okay, I guess that could make sense. That's like, about it, though. I just I don't want to have to replace with wide receiver in your quarterback. I don't want to start totally from scratch on a wide receiver unit, even if I don't particularly like it. And if you're getting rid of, let's say, the veterans of the possibility could go. Sky, Tony, MVS. Like, you're just getting rid of yeah, a I lot. I would keep Watson. Watson's got a year left. I have no Fine. problem with Watson being back. I think he's a good special teams player. He came up with some big-time catches. They trust him. If he's their five next year, I think that's great. I just think a, a combination of, okay, Rice, McColl, Watson. Your number one is free agent. Your number two or three is drafted wide receiver. That's a good unit with McColl just kind of like fitting a role a little bit. That's all. It's uh, not going to cost that much. Tommy Townsend, best punter in the league. You want him back? So Tommy's great. He had a heck of a postseason. I, I think the tricky part here is, you know, they didn't give him the long-term deal last offseason, right? They they went ahead and, and uh, what did they? I don't know what the exact terminology was. There was two different types of tenders they could have had. I'm not talking about swipe and right, Tommy. I'm talking about tender uh, from a contract perspective. <laughs> Tommy gave you dating um, advice. He did. Don't be critical he, of him. He did at the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think you can't have the highest paid kicker and the highest paid punter and the highest paid quarterback and the highest paid corner and all, like, all these kind kicker of things. Kicker and punter in particular. Can you have the highest um, paid of both of those? So I, It's important, but also on a team that typically – this year they punted more though, right? In the past, we would have argued these don't punt. So what's the point? I don't know. That's a tricky one. I'll I'll say go, guys. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, he just hired a new agent last offseason as well. I'll say go. I think this is one of those you go young again. I I don't like you're not letting go of Butker. 
he's the single greatest postseason kicker of all time based on number of kicks made and percentage of kicks made. So if you're going to pay someone at the top end, it's going to be Butker right now. I just don't think you can pay punter and kicker at the same time. Okay, so we'll stay or go. That's not everybody, but that's some of the players that obviously have a chance to come back, but also a tough decision on one side. So what about Justin Ross? Go. Oh, gosh. Well, they can bring him back for camp. That's fine. He's on the roster for camp. And all that. That's that's fine with me. But uh, we just don't have to go through that whole op- that whole exercise again, right? We've all agreed that we don't need we don't we don't need to do that again when he makes a great catch during training camp on day number two. No, we do. And people illegally put out highlights of it. We don't we don't need to do that again, right? Mm, you know, people will. Yeah. Or it'll be some other guy. Depends on how they address the room, I think. I saw yesterday somebody suggesting they wanted uh, their dream fifth or sixth wide receiver for this team next year was Amir Smith-Marset. They wanted to go back down that <laughs> the, 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 the Panthers, yeah, because he, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I think he had one punt return for the Panthers this year, didn't he? For he had a touchdown? He had a catch. He had a punt return a for a touchdown, touchdown or a receiving touchdown? Yeah, two touchdowns. No, he had a punt return too, but. Did he? Okay. Hmm. I don't think that that was the answer. Remember that you didn't even like the wide receivers they had, and they still chose them over Amir Smith-Marset. He finished the season with eight catches for 51 yards. No scores. Gotcha. In the air. Mm-hmm. He had one rushing. Who do you think is going to be the big wish list player? Like, every year. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about in camp, but from now till April 1st, who is going to be the one player that we get texted about the most on the show that is like, got to have this guy make it happen. How could they not sign him? I don't get it. You suck as a GM, that kind of crap. Evans. I think Higgins <sighs> gets tagged at this point. I got to yeah. assume it's a wide receiver. So Evans, maybe you're right. Or their I- own player in Chris Jones, depending Ooh. on, but he's a day one free agency sign. Like if he doesn't yes. sign with the immediately. Chiefs, he's immediately signing with some other yeah, team. He's get, a day one transaction guy. You might be right on Evans. I, I've told you where I'm at on Mike Evans. He's a hell of a player. He's had what to nine straight thousand yard seasons or ten. Yeah. Um, I am very concerned about a multi year deal for someone at his age, and that would also just go against what the Chiefs have done in the past. Doesn't mean you can't change your philosophy, but now we've started to see more of Brett Veese as a GM. Like it's not just a three year sample size anymore. So. That's my big concern on Mike Evans. I would totally understand if they said we aren't signing Mike Evans. And I, I, I would totally get the logic behind it. But that'll be the one. Okay. It'll be that or like trading. Someone for says Calvin receiver. Ridley. That's a, that's probably. Yeah. Or it'll be trading for DK Metcalf. Well, yeah. I mean, let's be. Yeah. Trading is that's just. popped up multiple times on the text yeah. line. If there was an off season where DK Metcalf could be available, this would probably be it. Coaching change transition period, all that. They got Jackson Smith and Jigba to go with an aging Tyler Lockett. Maybe they decide the to reset to, it a little to bit. To get him away. There's maybe, no maybe. But also DK Metcalf, if I'm not mistaken, he's doing a new contract too on top of it. Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to be happy with what he's making in a year. So you, you got to also go with that and, and get a new deal attached to it probably if yeah. you trade for him. Let's see. What is his contract? He signed a three-year $72 million deal. He has uh, two years remaining on the deal. So, I don't know, hypothetically gold, you could just let it live. Someone says the getting old argument needs to stop. DeAndre Hopkins, you guys said, was old and he had a good year for Tennessee. I wanted DeAndre Hopkins, in fairness. And now people are talking about trading for Brandon Ayuk. Wow. Brandon Ayuk would be amazing here. Are you kidding me? I would it love It does that. seem like that might be the option that the Niners have to It doesn't seem like he wants to stay there. Like, he wants to be paid by somebody, and I don't think the Niners want to pay him. Um, 
But it's just weird. A lot of the other trades for wide receiver last year did really actually work for the teams who traded for him. Like, you know, a couple of years, over the last couple of years, the big wide receiver they, trades have worked. A.J. Brown, Tyree yeah. Kill. But look at the names you're mentioning. I, mean, I know. They, oh, they, I, they, worked, I know. they worked because they're some of the Brandon, top five, ten receivers that might be in why Brandon Ayuk would also work <laughs> oh, for a team. Love, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. He had 1,500 yards last year. He's not a slouch. I would love Brandon Ayuk in Kansas City. But, yeah, like, they worked because they're also <laughs> some of the known Great. commodities, best receivers in football. Who, That's, who would you guys rather have if you could pick between T. Higgins or Brandon Ayuk? I mean, who are you taking? Because it, be, it would be trade situations. Brandon Ayuk, yeah. And also, we just know Cincinnati's not trading with Kansas City. Correct. I mean, it's just a non-starter. I, know I we guess want, that would be. I know we once said that about Orlando Brown Jr. with the Ravens. Like, why would they trade? I don't think Cincinnati in particular, especially a wide receiver, yeah, they is, would is doing do that. that. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, would be. You told me the Chiefs had Rashi Rice with Brandon Ayuk, Travis Kelsey, plus a wide receiver they draft in, like, the second round. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, Someone's I mean, like, we have no picks now. to trade for Ayuk. I mean... If I was just going to take a wide receiver first with the first round pick anyway, and they'll take that for Ayuk, yeah. then they might take more than that. Might be a future pick as well. And uh, everybody asking, what about Jody, Jody Fortson? Look, I assume he'll be back with this team. I don't Stay. know. He was in the locker room celebrating with the team. Well, it was good for um, him. Yeah. He was a part of this team early on. Sometimes people get hurt early in the year. Doesn't I mean they that, shouldn't get to celebrate. That you know? ship has probably sailed, though. And I don't know what you know what what kind of ship it was to begin with. But that ship is definitely. Sailed. You uh, sure you guys don't want to trade Trey McDuffie for Jalen Waddle? Yes. Sure Mike, about that? Mike Tannenbaum. No wonder he's not a GM Mike anymore. Mike Tannenbaum was on ESPN yesterday and actually suggested the Chiefs <laughs> trading Trent McDuffie for Waddle. One, Trent McDuffie. He is actually on my short list of three players, four players right now on the team that are untradeable. I know normally you're like, nobody's untradeable. He's on that list right now. Maybe in two years, it's a different conversation. Right now, he's on that list. Yeah, it's like Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Trent McDuffie. I mean, that might be it. And Rashi Rice currently. Yes. But even... He's young enough, you just wouldn't get it. But other than that, like, everybody else... You should be Christian. You could listen. Yeah, you could totally listen, and I wouldn't hate it. Also, Jalen Waddell is like, what, a top 30 ish wide receiver he's not even a top 15 wide receiver injury issues so yeah. if I Trent McDuffie no, no absolutely it's not. just funny the idea of trading away Tyree kill to get Trent McDuffie and then trading Trent McDuffie the player you got in that trade who helped you win back-to-back Super Bowls back for the worst of the two wide receivers in what world would that make sense again this is why Mike Tannenbaum's fired and it all makes sense moving forward I got an email yesterday I thought this might interest you both. you got an email f- about who are the Chiefs are trading for? No, no. Got a different email, and I, mm. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this and the tax line's opinion on this. Drew, did you get an email yesterday? I did not. I got an email from multiple people yesterday. Well, this was an important one. Well, oh, maybe important. Really? Let's see. Is it show-related? Show uh, could be. Could, could create content for the show. Okay. Thoughts on an email I received yesterday as out of the blue, I was contacted by an old professor... And a department chair at UMKC oh. about the possibility of going back to the alma mater to teach. Nice. So, so you're leaving the show? No. Are you kidding? This would be like adjunct work. I teach like one class. So teaching on the side. Yeah. I love that. You used to do, do this. Do you think that I should go back and teach UMKC if they offer me the gig? Absolutely. I don't know if they're, they're going to offer me the gig, by the way. This could be really <laughs> embarrassing for me. <laughs> I could be bringing this up, and they could have zero interest no, you, in me you, in you, actually you, teaching you, this you, class. But they let emailed me know. you. They have to Do have in interest. Casey has reached out. This might also explain why they wouldn't take my NIL, NIL money for a while. <laughs> Probably can't both be a professor uh, and contributing to student athletes. If they truly are interested, I think you absolutely should do it. One, you've t- taught before. You and I have talked off air. It's something that I have interest in doing down the road on the side. I think it would uh, be more so, critical. 
So no, are you going to be like, don't do this? Well, you've don't, done it before. Don't shape the youth minds of America. I mean, it depends <laughs> if you stick to the curriculum. You know, I think you'll be all right. I, I don't think anybody that I taught before got into journalism. I might have scared oh. them all away. Hmm. Wait, Is that might, part of my job? That Scaring them away from a path that could also be educating them. <laughs> I think you could argue that it is educating them. You know, you're going to set a realistic bar of this is what it's like. And if you're not about it, then maybe this isn't a career for you. What's the class? I believe it would be on podcasting. Do you currently do a podcast? I mean, this show's podcasted every day. True. true. I've done many podcasts. I think you should absolutely, if they're interested, you should pursue it. I don't think this person wants me on the show anymore. Yes. Take that job. Go full time. (laughs) That's that's implying you would prefer I don't do this show anymore. No, you would teach what? Like a two hour class once a week or something something like that. I'm allowed to be like, uh, here's the, here's the only reason why college is appealing is I don't have to treat them. I can just treat them like adults who need to be spoken to, uh, bluntly. Like, I don't really like sugar. Wait, are you going to be the a-hole professor? I'm not going to be the a-hole. I'm going to be the honest truth-telling professor in which if you don't want to be here, I don't care. You pay for this class. If you don't want to participate in it for the grade, just don't be here. This is your money and your time. I'm not going to waste my time teaching you. I'm getting paid either way. Whether you <laughs> fail this class or not. <laughs> you know? A lot of people are saying, thank goodness it would be a podcast class and not music production or vocal oh, really? construction. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. I see how it is. I taught radio. That's actually, I, I would tend to agree. The first time I taught at Avila, I taught radio and television performance. And I taught like an intro to journalism class and I don't know, like one other. Has any of the students ever tried to reach back out to you? You said they're not in the field anymore. Or um, I never tried to get in the couple, field. A couple. Uh, a couple have oh. reached out to me over the years. And do they, have they thanked they you for, for like have a they, year and a half, two years? And have they thanked much. you for steering them in a completely different path? No, no. The one kid who I had to bust for plagiarism is like a oh. teacher now. Oh, so. that's ironic. What he, wow. Elementary what school, they, it's probably What fine. were they plagiarizing in TV production? Uh, we had to write a paper oh, on. Okay, there you go. I had him a paper on. You made him write an essay. What? It was a short paper, dude. It was like it was like a blog post on Canvas. It wasn't even that oh. straight up copy and, and paste. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Did? I wasn't even Jeez. running it through the software. The exact sentence I said to this person at the time they got busted was, "If I caught this plagiarism, do you realize how obvious it <laughs> has to be?" <laughs> I got a full time. And I said, "I got a full time job. I got kids. I didn't even run this through software." And even I was like, "This reads weird." What did I say? They were they were uh, they just apologized for like whatever got in the way that mm-hmm. made them do it. Mm-hmm. I made them do like triple the amount of work. You know, like hey, we had to we had to like find. What some can you tell? Ground. What was the worst grade you gave someone in the class? I think everyone passed my class. I don't think everyone ever failed. Probably a but D. You, a D. Probably, someone right? got a D in your class. I think someone got a D okay. in my class. Embarrassing. Does yeah. a D count as passing though? In my household, it did I mean, not. It, it, but it allows you to move in, on to the next class or the next. You get you get credit for it, do you not? C's get degrees, right? Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, C's. I mean, but you can get a D and still get a degree. Yeah, you can't sure, get all the D's, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's concerning if you're getting a D in my class. It's like an entry level class, or like introduction yeah, to yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like it's a 100 level class, probably, or whatever yeah, they do. I don't know what they do at UMKC, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's something like that. We could bring them into someone's pointing at. Uh, on Twitch, someone says, bring them in, and then the time you bring them in to teach them about radio for a field trip is during Club 610. You have them all come meet <laughs> at the station during Club 610 That's good. and show them what my life is like. This is what your career could look like. No, I think you should, def- so you, gotta, you should definitely meet with them and find out. Let us know how it goes. My guess is, yeah, they're, they're going to gauge your interest in teaching a class in the fall. 
I would prefer not to be called Mr. Tap. That's well, you can, not the my first vibe. day. You can Professor say, Tap. just call me Cody. Professor Tap? Actually, Professor no, dude, this Tap. is where you just lean into it. Just, they don't Bancroft? Know. Just go with Bancroft. Call me pro- Professor it, Bancroft? Yes. That yes. is a very good professor. Yes. You take that guy serious. <laughs> By on the way, schedule. if you send You're the messing fir- around, Professor bo- Bancroft's teaching before you. the first day of class, if you send an email to the entire class, introduce yourself, and just say Professor Bancroft, they're going to think their professor is some seventy-five-year-old dude. Replace your glasses with some bifocals, and then mm-hmm. you're good to go. Nothing is done online. Everything is handwritten. Everything is handwritten. You have to handwritten papers. That's right. Kids probably write these things on their iPads now. I teach, can I teach the youth of America? <sighs> Scary times for your kids. If you think about sending your kid to UMKC, watch out. Check the enrollment numbers <laughs> in that class. See if it goes up or down as soon as it becomes official. <laughs> as soon as we do it. Oh, man. Let us know, you know, man. No, this is exciting. I have a, I have a like meeting it's, uh, with it sounds, multiple it, people. It sounds fun. It's something that, that uh, we've talked off air about at some point down the road. Uh, it's something I've, I've got interest in doing as well. So I'm, I'm excited for you on that. All right, coming up next, let's get to some Royals baseball. The pressure question yesterday around Daniel Lynch, how does that apply to the rest of the rotation, and what cap moves do make more sense for the Chiefs going forward? Next.